0: This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take
1: your business further at tmobile.com slash now.
0: Hey y'all, it's Justin Richmond. Today on the show, we have 27-year-old British singer-songwriter, Nilifer Yanya. Nilifer Yanya is a West London native who comes from a background as diverse as her city. All of that finds its way into her music, overlaid with her rich voice. After several years of hitting London's small stages and open mics with her guitar, Niloufer broke through in 2016 with a series of soulful, indie pop EPs and singles that started leading to some critical acclaim. I spoke with Niloufer in April just after her performance at the first weekend of Coachella about the release of her second album, Painless. The album's tracks, laden with electronic drums and raucous guitar, play like a diary entry, wrenched with heartbreak, loss, and hope. Painless follows Nillifer’s debut album, Miss Universe, which also hinted at her fascination with 90s alt-rock melodies. On today's episode, Nillifer shares the collaborative songwriting process she has that created her new album, with her producer Will Archer and friend, saxophonist, and multi-instrumentalist Jazzy Bobby. She also talks about writing her first songs at 10 years old, and about how she always dreamed of being a guitarist in a band, not a solo act. This is Broken Record, liner notes for the digital age. I'm Justin Richmond. Before we get to my conversation with Nila Frianya, here's a live performance of her song, The Dealer, with frequent collaborator Jazzy Bobby.
2: As she goes Caden set in store Patience as she goes Caden set in store It's been weighing on my mind oh. Seems they way with me all the time oh. can't tell this is real I for you were someone to rely on. now that nothing lost Living that the winter time is coming back soon Somebody asks I hope it's just the summertime to go attached to I need some time to work out who this is I need to know now who I'm dealing with What is the kind of patience that takes your heart Baby, it's me that's taking I can't wait, they say I didn't know how
0: had the chance to see you live yet. Unfortunately, I want to correct that soon. So that was my first time sort of seeing you, you know, do something live. And the incredible thing I was realizing as I was listening is as great as the songs are, you know, in the way that they're uniquely produced like on the records, like even these, you know, kind of bare versions are just as good, like just in a different way. I would miss the recorded version, but those are so good.
3: Thank you. I'm glad you think so. You never know if you've gone like too far away from the original version. Yeah. It's always fun to like take things out.
0: It made me wonder how you like write the songs because they stand alone so well away from the production but then like on the recordings there's so much production going on. Mm -hmm. Like are you writing them with all of that stuff in mind, all the stuff that ends up on the record or do they sort of evolve into what people hear on the releases?
3: I mean it depends like broadly speaking when I'm writing there's not much production involved at the early stages. Like I'll just be playing something on guitar or working something out and then taking it to the studio and then working on it from there once i kind of have the song but for this record a lot of it was made like in the studio so um i was working with my friend will archer and he had a lot of the not like all the produced kind of effects in there but a a lot of it was kind of feeding the process as we went along
0: did you write a lot of it in studio
3: yeah, so he he had a lot of the guitar parts, this record, with, like, drums already in there, or, like, effects already in there. Then I'd write over it, I guess.
0: Was that pretty different from Miss Universe, which was your first record?
3: Miss Universe was, it was another kind of experiment, I guess, because a lot of the songs were, like, old songs I'd been working on for a while. And then some of them I was, like, writing in the studio.
0: At what point do you bring in, like, say, Jazzy, like you've written a song, yeah. You figure you want it on a record. At what point do you bring someone like her into like work out parts? And
3: you mean like for like live shows, or
0: for I guess for the records for the songs?
3: Well, me and Jazzy wrote a couple of songs together on this record, on the new record. Like one of them was totally from scratch, and one of them was more like, "Help me, I need help."
0: <laughs> <laughs> cool.
3: Yeah, I guess it depends. But when it comes to like doing stuff live, like I'll take it to. My band, Jazzy's my band, and kind of rearrange the songs or like arrange the parts for like the live shows.
0: On the newest record, you're saying a lot of it was written in studio. So how did that work with jazz, your band?
3: When I was working with Jazzy on our song together, we just started from the beginning together and we were writing it together. And then she recorded it and produced it as well. Which song is that? Belong With You. Otherwise, Jazzy's not playing on the rest of the record, so me and Will on most of the songs we wrote those together, recorded those. I had Ellis plays drums in my band come in and redo some of the drum parts. Like we'd already had the demo drums. Some of them were good enough to like keep. And some of them we were like let's do live let's do live versions of these. And some of them is like a blend.
0: Which ones did you end up keeping the demo drums?
3: Like Chase Me. Maybe demo drums is the right word, but like produced kind right. of drums. No, yeah. no, I know what you mean. Yeah, um, the first version of it. Yeah. Yeah. Taste Me, I'm trying to think now. Stabilize has a blend. Cool. Has like the drum machine and live drums.
0: It's a really cool drum part. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, yeah, he's kind of, he's always like, why did I make this so hard? <laughs> 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 when we're doing it live. Maybe the rest of them are like blends or we have live drums on that instead. Yeah.
0: Speaking of like the kind of production on this record, there's a part in the song "Shameless." Like maybe three quarters of the way through, it sounds like <laughs> maybe it was a demo version of the song, or just mm. another, it's like you got it, it goes, goes into, into like, like a world. another world. Yeah. yeah, it's like piano and a, a oboe, or yeah, some sort of yeah, yeah and clarinet. St- instru- clarinet. Yeah. There we go. Exactly. That
3: was Will. Like I can't really speak for him, so it felt like a very Will section as well, Will part. Um, and that song, I was actually on the fence. For a while, like
0: Including it, it?
3: Yeah, kind of well, just how I felt about it. Like something about it was almost too honest and like too upfront. And it's like I felt okay writing it, but then when I was listening, like singing it, I was like, I just don't know. <laughs> but I love it now.
0: What was it about it that didn't feel right when you're singing it?
3: I think um the lyrics for me and like the melody and everything kind of fell in the right place. Too organic.
0: Got you. Too like,
3: too simple. It, it
0: just fit too well. Yeah. I feel like most people would say like if the lyrics and the vocal melody like fit really well into the song, like that's that's like a good match.
3: I guess so. Yeah. But I guess maybe it was like you know when something falls into place and then you kind of doubt yourself. You're like, well, should that have been so like easy? Got you. Like, yeah. Maybe, maybe not easy. Is the right Should have been a bit
0: more of a struggle. Yeah. To
3: figure it out. But I guess it was meant to be. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not only like is the rhythm in your music cool, but also there's like a dynamic so many of the songs sound equally kind of loud and raucous and like quiet and beautiful at the same time like you're looking to fit opposites together I guess you know
3: yeah always I think and it kind of takes me back to how I like used to write when I was just like always working by myself a lot of the times it kind of be a challenge because you can't work with one part for on song, and then I'm like, for the chorus I don't want to do the same, so I need to come off a other parts. So you can't need to take yourself into another like headspace, and I like, come off a whole other section, and then go back to the original things and just see if they, they fit, and see if it works together. But for me, that's how I kept things interesting for myself. So I think maybe finding ways to like keep that... I don't know, I guess that's always stayed with me, trying not to do something that feels too obvious. I think I'm learning that's totally, um, like, what's obvious to me is different to you, kind of thing. So sometimes I felt like there's too many different things going on in one song. So it's like how to pull it back and how to simplify it.
0: Yeah, because even on, I guess, like Midnight Sun, you know, like the ending, you have like this, you know, crazy distortion going it's amazing sax a beautiful sweet sounding sax it makes me smile every time i hear it from jazzy and such a cool interesting contrast it makes the music such an interesting listen it just never know what's happening next
3: keep you on your toes
0: definitely <laughs> keeps me on my toes
3: yeah i don't know for me that's the point of kind of writing a song it's like i'll just get bored otherwise like if it always stays the same i'll just get or well, has to be a really good reason why it's gonna stay like that or just not trip you up or not surprise you. Maybe I'll get into that phase a bit later.
0: <laughs> it sounds like you, you've kind of had that inclination from the beginning, even listening to like the EPs and stuff. It sounds like that's kind of there. I feel like the aesthetic maybe has changed a little bit, but it sounds like that basic mm. element of your music, the, the, the element of surprise has, has sort of always been there.
3: Yeah, and it kind of creates like for me like a tension and like a place to go to, like a direction.
0: Are there other artists that you can think of that do that in a way that's interesting to you?
3: I mean, I say this one a lot, but like PJ Harvey um, yeah, wow. actually do a cover of Rid of Me at the moment with Jazzy. Um, it sounds really good, I think. <laughs>
0: that's a beautiful song.
3: Thanks. I mean, I didn't write it, so yeah. I can't say thanks. I've not heard your performance. I bet that's great too. I bet like, it's also beautiful. But I agree. That,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah um, no, it's just, I find the way PJ Harvey writes is like, kind of does a lot of that, like tension, pulling and release and like, stripping things back and then kind of letting things go and like for that with that song as well it's like the the guitar kind of has this really strong rhythm and then the voice just does this like kind of crazy thing
0: i was surprised that you know like a while back i found your cover of the pixies song hey
3: yes i was gonna say pixies another band
0: as you were explaining the way PJ Harvey does, uh, you know, her songs are sort of constructed. And I was like, wow, it's kind of similar with even that song. Like, I didn't, I was surprised you covered it. As you're explaining it, it makes a lot of sense. Like, there's a super strong melody. It's always going different places, that song, you know?
3: That was one of the first songs I heard when I was like 16. And I was like, wow, like, this makes sense. Like, it makes sense. I, I kind of see what they're doing. and I, I want to do, do the same thing.
0: Do you remember where you heard it first? On YouTube. <laughs> on, yeah, no, just, just...
3: I was at home, I was on YouTube, and I was like, actually a guitar teacher told me to listen to it yeah. he was like I think you're gonna like this band <laughs> um, I was like okay cool
0: so good I remember I saw them uh, you just got done playing Coachella and I remember mm. the first time I went to Coachella it was like 2004 wow. I was like 14 <gasps>
3: <They were> really-
0: <laughs> I bailed out telling my mom and, and, and like went out there with some friends and yeah it was like their reunion show mm. and I remember I just like fucking was the craziest like just they're, they're insane they're, they're insane. amazing yeah. you know
3: that's what I like as well, and the lyrics as well. It's totally insane.
0: I have no idea to this day. I almost I, and I don't wanna. I don't. I don't wanna focus too much. on what they yeah. are. Yeah, some I
3: don't of the lyrics wanna. are scary and like, but some of them make sense. It's like they make sense in weird abstract ways.
0: There's a devil between us. Whores yeah. in my head. Whores in the door. That makes a bed. lot of hey. sense.
3: Yeah.
0: I'm glad it makes sense. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs>
3: but any it doesn't. It, it doesn't make immediate sense. But kind of, each each line kind of means its own thing.
0: Yeah, and it, it, the feeling it evokes, like the, yeah. what it evokes, like the it makes emotional sense to me at least. Like, yeah, I have emotional m- sense. Logical sense, it makes like no. I, oh, and it might, it might, there might be like a really great meaning, but it makes like logically, I, I don't know. But yeah, emotionally, I'm like, yeah, it's a great, such a good band. Did you find a lot of bands through like YouTube and stuff?
3: I think so. Yeah, definitely. It was a very good. It worked very well for me.
0: I still spend too much time yeah. on there going on YouTube holes and like old old music that is on there, and you're just like, what yeah. the what is this? You know,
3: it's really interesting visually as well. It's like you get all this different kind of information, like, and then you get the comments. It's just like, whole, it's like a whole
0: world. <laughs> the comments are, though. The comments make me, yeah. you know, not really <laughs> believe in humanity too much, though.
3: Yeah, I mean, I learned the hard way not to look at
0: <laughs> video comments. Before we pause for a quick break, let's hear Nilifer play her song, Midnight Sun, from her new album, Painless.
2: Can take back anything And this is all I'm meant to feel I'm one the best Always I did it for you Never felt so sure You're my best machine You're my midnight soul Always I did it for you
1: Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
0: Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christofferson. How did the biggest names in Outlaw Country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer and the new scripted Audible original The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of Outlaw Country Music discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer helped shape the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed the Boar's Nest, Sue's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, would spur each other on to tap into something bigger, realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Bacharach as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash Nest. Take your business further at tmobilecom slash
2: now. We're back with my conversation with Nila
0: Faryanya. When did you first start writing songs?
3: Hmm. Probably I was quite young. I had like lots of notebooks. I would just like write lyrics in.
0: Like as poetry or as?
3: No, like as a song, but okay. I didn't have... Like I was just, I either hadn't started learning guitar yet or I didn't, I just imagined the parts and just heard them in my head kind of thing.
0: How old would you have been?
3: 10? Like before I went to high school. Yeah, I wasn't playing guitar then, so I was just kind of writing songs, but they weren't real songs.
0: (laughs) What inspired you at 10 to be writing songs? That's ambitious.
3: I just thought like bands were really cool. The idea of (laughs) a rock band was really cool and I really wanted to play guitar and be in the band. I didn't want to sing them.
0: So you wanted to be a guitar player?
3: Yeah, playing guitar in the band, and then I thought, you know, if you have a band, you have to write the songs. So, yeah, I was always interested in the songwriting.
0: Is there a band or a group of bands early on that would have?
3: Yeah, like Blink One Eighty Two. Like Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, when I was younger, like yeah, they were one of my favorites.
0: What you do is so <laughs> far away from that.
3: Yeah, I came. I think I've you know changed <laughs> since then, which is good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. But this is
3: when I was like, you know, nine.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good age to be in the blink. That's that's the (laughs) appropriate age. I mean, you know, some very catchy songs. You know,
3: yeah, and they they had loads of good guitar parts and melodies. Just loved the sound of the guitar.
0: That's funny because I feel like pop punk's an adjective that comes up a Mm. lot. It's come up a lot, like when I'm reading stuff about you. It's never occurred to me like when I listen.
3: I mean, I was very young, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Understood. So if you start writing songs at 10, but really without like a melody, just sort of writing words, but imagining there's songs, when do you get a guitar?
3: I started playing guitar maybe like 11, 12. Just kind of like messing around on it at first at home. It was like I had some random guitar my granddad had given my sister. I think it had all the strings and it was not very good, but <laughs> it worked. Right. <laughs> it worked. And I thought it sounded really good. And then I started... Having some lessons at school. Took her from there.
0: Was any in your family musically inclined?
3: Yeah, I would say everyone was kind of musically inclined. My uncle, he's a producer and like musician and writer, so he was another guy who played guitar, played bass, made lots of music, um, had a studio.
0: Where at? Where was the studio?
3: He was working in London for a while in like Acton, and then they moved like out to the countryside. He built his own studio.
0: Cool. Did you know anything we would know?
3: He did a lot of, like, Spanish acts.
0: Spanish pop or?
3: Spanish pop rock, I guess. And then he was, like, in some, like, Brit funk bands when he was younger. I don't know if there's anyone you would know, but his name's um, Joseph Davorniak. He would show me stuff on guitar. He would encourage me as well. And then my parents are, like, visual artists. So my mum got me into piano when I was younger because she loved piano. Started doing that from, like, Seven years old. Cool. My dad, he's Turkish, so he loves Turkish music. He was like musically inclined because he'd always be playing the Saz. What's the Saz? Kind of a folk instrument.
0: Like an oud or something?
3: Not too far away. Six strings? Five groups of strings, but they come in groups of like three. So they're all tuned to like the same peg.
0: So it sounds like a uh a double string guitar kind of. I guess so, of-ish. yeah. It's
3: a lot like has a lot richer sound. But, yeah. like kind of, Thinner sound as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's rad. Did you appreciate the Turkish music you were hearing growing up?
3: I don't think I did when I was younger, yeah, because I didn't really get it because he played a lot of um like kind of classical traditional stuff. And it was a bit like my mum was really into like getting me into like Mozart and I was like (laughs) (laughs) You can hear the melodies and you can understand that, but like I didn't really like appreciate it. I'm very grateful to have had it exposed.
0: Very cool. When did you start performing?
3: I started doing, like, open mics just by myself. I just left school, so maybe 18, around that time. So like,
0: within the last 10 years? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was it going from, like, just writing songs, you know, by yourself to yeah. performing them?
3: It was abstract. Like, it was totally weird. Like, I knew if I wanted to do music, I would have to kind of get used to the idea of performing. So I was really pushing myself to just get good at it, I guess, and feel comfortable with it. But it was really strange because like you write something, you're playing at home, you're singing at home or like even like recording like demos. Yeah. You're like, Oh, it sounds so different to how I imagine it. <laughs> Why is that? And then you play it on stage and like it sounds so different to how I imagine it.
0: Had you been recording demos at that point?
3: Yeah, I'd done a few demos at school with my friends for music class, I guess, as well. And then I did record a song at my uncle's studio as well. Like, yeah, that was cool.
0: Did it ever come out or no?
3: It was on YouTube for a long time. uh, (laughs) It's down It's a video as well, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Love to hear that. Oh, my God, no.
0: (laughs) Did performing then, did it change the way you wrote after that?
3: I think so, a little bit, yeah. Because in my head, I guess, I was always writing for, like, an imaginary band. So, like, the guitar parts I wrote were, like, more like little riff. And then when I was on stage, I was like, oh, my God, like, how is this? It's kind of hard to... Sometimes it doesn't have all the um, components of like rhythm like too strongly in there. So kind of building an accompaniment for the voice is different for like building parts of the guitar. Yeah, right. So I don't know if it changed it too much. I was kind of aware of it. Um, it probably definitely all feeds into the process.
0: Your guitar playing is super rhythmic. Thank you. I feel like I can hear the drum parts even if there's no drums okay, involved, cool. you know. When did you give up on the band dream, like just being a guitarist?
3: No, I did have some bands at school, yeah. At the beginning, I was like, no, I'm not singing, not singing. And then when I got a bit older, I was like, they're my songs, so I have to sing them.
0: <laughs> and you met Jazzy, who played sax for us here, at school, right?
3: Yeah, we met on a music tour.
0: What, what is that? What's on, What's music tour?
3: Our school had a really cool music department. And I think it was when I was 13, me and Jazzy became friends because we were sharing a hotel room.
0: <laughs> what you guys bond over?
3: I think just the experience, I guess. And like, yeah, we were in Prague.
0: So you're performing these songs and you're writing songs not all that long ago, eight, nine years ago. When did it happen that you got signed and were able to record your first record?
3: So I got signed to my label, I want to say like 2017, 18.
0: How did that come about?
3: I was releasing EPs, up until that point, with another label, but it wasn't like like a steal.
0: You were just part of like more of a collective.
3: Yeah, it was more a bit more relaxed. But we were releasing EPs, and that was really fun. I was like start to think about like okay, album next. Like how do how do I want to do this? Who should I work with? I was trying to find new labels or find different labels. For me, the the EP part was like really exciting because it's like to get from like having no kind of connections to releasing music physically like vinyls as well that felt like a big jump but like going from the EP to the album kind of made more sense because it's like I kind of already had a manager in place already had kind of connections and people helping me yeah but I think before that getting to the EP stage was like how am I going to do this
0: (laughs) yeah right (laughs) this is really hard (laughs) interesting yeah where did you record those EPs
3: in London yeah
0: like stu- but like at home or in a studio?
3: With different um, producers that I was working with at the time. I hadn't like found like one person. That I was like, this is person. Like, we're going to make all the music together. <laughs> it was, I was kind of like trying out different engineers, different producers, making a lot of demos.
0: We'll be right back with more from Nila Yanya after a quick break. Before we get back to the rest of my conversation with Nila Friania, let's hear a live performance of one of her newest songs, Chase Me.
2: Halfway To you, baby, it's nothing I want anymore your spaces, I'll go make it halfway To you, baby, it's not my style For go wit love chase me For you, baby, it's been a while For you, baby, it all goes hazy, hazy, hazy And I call make no friends cuz i can't make no sense cuz i can't play pretend it feels like so bad coming and feels like so bad scoring feels like so let go and it feels like a cold sweat so as this months up drawn and it feels like I don't need no more Traces let me make it halfway To you, who it's nothing on anymore With Spaces I'll go naked halfway To you, who it's not my style Corridors your love will chase me You, baby, it's been a while You, baby, it all goes hazy, hazy it's not the way you went, the not the way you said it, it's not the way we meant It feels like a solid coming, and feels like so solid scoring. feels like a solid gone, and it feels like a cold setting sun As the distance already dropped, and it feels like a cold setting sun it's nothing that I need no more. Traces, let me make it halfway. To you who, baby, it's nothing I want anymore. The spaces, I'll go make it halfway. To you who, baby, it's not my style. Through corridors, it'll chase me. To you who, baby, it's been while To you who, baby, I'll go crazy.
0: Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest: Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com/slash The Boar's Nest. Take your business further at t slash now. Tell me a little, little bit about how Coachella went. That's kind of a pretty big gig, right?
3: It was interesting, a lot of traveling. And then the changeover is like really quick. So lots of things went wrong in that changeover. I had to cut a song. <laughs> like just things aren't working because it was like first gig of the, the tour. So lots of things are going to go wrong. But we pulled off, I think. Yeah, and I had fun. And like the crowd was nice. It was just like, it was a quite overwhelming experience.
0: You mean you've done other festival dates? Yeah. Did it feel different?
3: The last thing we did was like a EU and UK tour. The change from that to like just straight up festival, everything's a mess. (laughs) Yeah. It's totally kind of different. I was like, oh, (laughs) can't hear anything. Um, (laughs) It's kind of what festivals are like, generally.
0: It's kind of chaotic mess.
3: Very chaotic. And yeah, the crowd seems to enjoy it. So can't really complain, I guess
0: following you on like on instagram and such seems like you travel quite a bit and i'm curious like what like how travel either just informs you as a person and maybe also informs your music if at all like it seems like it's an important part of your life right
3: yeah i would say i mean definitely with music like being able to travel and play shows in different places especially like during the pandemic like i kind of realized how massive that is of a privilege to be able to do that not everyone gets to travel and not everyone gets to travel because of their job or their music. So it feels, it's really amazing when those two things come together. I just never want to take that for granted, I guess. And then it's just a, I just think it's a great thing to be able to do, like when you can. I have family in different places, so also feels a bit like necessity, I guess. That, that old saying that people say about broadening your mind, it really does. Because <laughs> it physically you take yourself out of your everyday environment. And then when you're somewhere totally different, you can't think about normal things because you're just so like caught up in the moment of, oh, how do I do this? Or where do I go? Or like, how does this work?
0: You're always having to improvise.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Where's your family at?
3: I have some family in Turkey. I haven't seen them in a while. So I'd like to do that next. My mom's from Barbados and Ireland. So I have plans to go to the Caribbean soon. Wow, Barbados, then, yeah. amazing. We used to go to Ireland quite a bit when I was younger. I think, uh, yeah, everyone in my family kind of likes moving as well, so. <laughs> really? Yeah, kind of, not moving like physic like moving house, but just movement.
0: Being on the move. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Most of my immediate family, they all live in London.
0: Did you feel like steeped in all the like various cultures growing up, or did, it just feel, did you just feel English?
3: It's interesting, yeah. I don't really, it's kind of hard to remember, I guess, exactly what you feel like, but I was aware of like these two very different things happening in my family and, like, two, two different kind of sides, I guess, to it. Because, um, like, my mom's side, she grew up in London, so I think she very much has that identity. And my dad came from Istanbul and, like, very much carries that identity with him. So on one side, my mom's family was Catholic and my dad's Muslim. Those two things alone are, like, well, this is very different. And you kind of sense that growing up. But I think the beauty of, like, growing up in London is that everyone comes from... Different places, so you don't feel like you have to be, you have to kind of be one thing. Right. Yeah, I'm very grateful for that.
0: <laughs> you can embrace the the yeah. clash of yeah.
3: yeah. you can embrace the clash. Definitely have to try to anyway. So.
0: <laughs> that's fascinating. I mean, that's really that's wildly different. It was a, like yeah. wildly different just day to day, like the way as a Muslim and as a Catholic, yeah. you kind just of like things like Christmas. I was always
3: like, yeah. oh, uh, <laughs> um, like how just, did that work? Well, my dad would always go to Turkey to see his family then because he was teaching as well. So he had like time off when there were holidays in the UK. Um, so he'd always go see his family. Um, and then, yeah, I'd be with my mom's family. Say, Fuck Christmas, I'm out. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, lo- I still love Christmas. But it's like <laughs> that you get that sense like, oh, I'm not meant to, or I'm not supposed to, or this isn't really my culture. But it is at the same time, so...
0: As you do get older, you realize like there is an individual self yeah. that exists alongside those things. I'm next to it, but I'm not necessarily, yeah. you know, it doesn't dictate everything in my life. Yeah. yeah.
3: And I think that's where music like always helped me stay kind of sane because it's like that's my own thing, kind of just for me in a way. And it's always helped me understand or even like push me to do things I wouldn't do or like kind of just grow, but it doesn't have to connect with your, where, like where you come from, or, like your cultural identities or religion. Like it doesn't have to do it, it doesn't have to connect with those things unless you want it to. Writing music always felt like Writing I didn't it, have okay. to do that. I mean, like no one asked me to. Do you know what I mean? It's like I just, <laughs> I just enjoyed it, and I thought it was fun, and like I knew was what I wanted to do. It didn't really make sense to like anyone else. I think it was kind of like my just my like my own thing. Yeah, like for a while I was like stuck between like art and music. Like, what should I do at like uni, or like what should I study?
0: It's really ambitious to be like ten. And like I loved music when I was 10, but I, I was not writing, you know, yeah. songs are tempting to write songs <laughs> when I was 10. And then like to like, you know, by the time you're 16, 17, you're out performing, and like you're like, this is what I want to do. And yeah. this is my thing. Like that's a really, I don't know, evolved like way to approach something that you enjoy. You know, like yeah. most people enjoy things that, like they just participate <laughs> at the fan level. And you're like, you know, I don't know necessarily how or but yeah. I'm going to make this. I'm going to do it.
3: That's what's interesting about kids, I guess. It's like how did they come up with these ideas? Like <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're still perplexed by it.
3: Yeah, I guess I just felt like I had to do it. I think also in like no, when I kind of was getting like growing up, I was quite like shy and reserved. So it's like I still am like that. I knew like if I didn't do it, I was never gonna do it. Kind of thing.
0: Like if you if you just didn't jump.
3: Yeah, if I didn't make myself do it, then I might not ever do it. I was quite like had a lot of that kind of natural like desire to like want to please people i think but i was also kind of aware of like maybe like what i actually wanted to do for myself so it's like i could always do things that people tell you to do but then you can also just also do your own thing
0: so music was like subtle way of rebelling against that yeah. yeah people pleasing tendency and then you felt like if you didn't jump right in and like push yourself to do shows which you might feel like you're otherwise too shy to do like you maybe would lose all of it like maybe you wouldn't just write songs by yourself. Who knows what you would miss out on, right? Yeah. Do you think you would have kept writing just kind of personally, like as a a hobby or just for personal fulfillment if you hadn't pursued it professionally?
3: yeah. And I kind of wonder, like, that would kind of also be interesting because maybe I'd be better at something else. Maybe I'd be good at doing two things.
0: What do you think it would be?
3: I don't know, like, what if I was, like, writing books? or, Or maybe my songwriting would have evolved just differently. Like I don't know why I felt the, the rush and the panic.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> to do it, like I could have just taken my time. <laughs> it's impressive
0: though. It's really impressive. I guess so. Do you still feel a certain amount of innate pressure on yourself, or, or like like you're in a bit of a, a hurry to do things? Like, yeah. do you feel like you got to keep moving, or else are you gonna stall?
3: Yes, yeah, and I'm trying to like tell myself like it doesn't. It's not real. That's just what's in my head. Like you can stall or you can stop you can, you can break relax
0: yeah you can, relax now. <laughs> you can just call it relaxing a vacation yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah and like um i always aim to like work more slowly that's like my current aim like all the time take more time make it slow like don't rush it
0: yeah are you making stuff now like are you always writing
3: uh, i'm not really writing at the moment i keep having like weird dreams when i'm like writing songs so like i'm like like i've never really done that before like written something that i've heard in a dream but like i've been trying to because i keep hearing stuff
0: oh you gotta you gotta take it down
3: (laughs) yeah but it's like you know when you wake up your voice is like
0: yeah yeah.
3: you're like recording (laughs) to your phone like uh.
0: that's how it sounded this morning (laughs) (laughs) i always i always think of um like satisfaction was written that way i read in a book keith richards was like asleep like dead asleep and like dreamt like, of the song, and then, like, woke up and was like, oh, fucking!" like, grabbed a recorder yeah. and, like, just was like, bum, bum, ba, bum, ba, dun, 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 dun. and I was like, fuck, like, imagine if Keith Richards didn't stumble out of bed from some, in some hotel room, yeah. you know, probably, you know, f- fucked up <laughs> and record that, like, god damn, we wouldn't have that song.
3: It kind of comes from the same kind of place. It's like instinctive kind of melody and just idea. So it's like when you're asleep or awake, it doesn't really make a difference.
0: Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's all, I'm sure, equally good and equally bad ideas. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Come in your sleep, you know, and <laughs> yeah. out of sleep. Yeah. yeah, It's definitely that place where you're, you're, you're turned off to the conscious mind.
3: Yeah. It kind of makes more sense if you're dreaming. Yeah. When people are like, it just appeared, it just fell from the sky. It's like, how? <laughs>
0: I feel like maybe you got to sleep with the recorder. I mean, you have your phone. Yeah. You got to just do it.
3: Yes, yeah, true.
0: Cool. Well, thank you for taking the time to play some stuff thank for you. us. Thank you.
3: It was a real pleasure, yeah.
0: Catch you next time. Thanks to for Yanya for coming on Broken Record to talk about her life, career, and her latest album. You can hear all of our favorite for Yanya songs on a playlist at brokenrecordpodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Broken Record Podcast, where you can find all of our new episodes. You can follow us on Twitter at Broken Record. Broken Record is produced with help from Leah Rose, Jason Gambrell, Ben Taladay, Eric Sandler, and Jennifer Sanchez, with engineering help from Nick Chafee. Our executive producer is Mia Lavelle. Broken Record is a production of Pushkin Industries. If you like this show and others from Pushkin, consider subscribing to Pushkin Plus. Pushkin Plus is a podcast subscription that offers bonus content and uninterrupted ad-free listening for $4.99 a month. Look for Pushkin Plus on Apple Podcast subscriptions. And if you like the show, please remember to share, rate, and review us on your podcast app. For Theme Music by Kenny Beats, I'm Justin Richmond.
1: Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. unconventional awards. See you there.